Being a dad is the most important role a man will ever have. You might be a father to your own children. You might be a father to children that are not biologically yours. You might be a father figure for children without a father. But no matter what you are, you are the earthly father they look up to. Hello, I'm Adam, and this is the Dad's God and Donuts podcast. I get now a lot of what my parents did when I was a kid. It makes sense. But it's amazing that it takes this long in life for me to understand it. It's amazing that everything they did, they did for me. Even when I didn't know why or didn't like how they did it. They used to say that classic parenting statement, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And as every kid growing up in the 80s, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, uh-uh, you're not the one getting spanked right now. But I understand now. As a parent, I get it. But I also get the necessity of it. And I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about myself as a kid. I was a pretty good kid at school. I was a kid that went to church, good kid at church, but I was mean as sin to my brother. I was not nice to him. I don't know why we get along today. I've actually at one point in my adult life apologized for how I treated him when I was a kid because I felt so terrible. Like I would lose games and then I would just beat the snot out of him. Not something I'm proud of. It's something that I still feel guilty for decades later. But it leads me to a story. As we got older, he got a little more combative to my anger and meanness, which, you know, defense mechanism, and it helps that he did get bigger than me, which was good for me and him all at the same time. But I remember one time I, I had just got in a fight with him and got mad and because I was the bigger brother, I was able to win the fight, and then he discovered a baseball bat. And his brain was like, hey, I have the great equalizer. And he started chasing me. And I ran across the trailer we lived in, ran into my parents' room, pulled the door shut, and he hit the door with the bat. He put a hole in the door. And we were like, all of a sudden, every problem we had was over as far as with each other. But then we thought there was a giant hole in our parents' door, and we are dead meat. Luckily, we remembered that that door was always open, and the door to my brother's room next door was always open, so we just opened the doors and prayed. Actually, about two weeks later, it was that long, my parents found the hole in the door, and we told them what happened, that my brother had put a hole in the door with the bat. My brother got grounded, and I got grounded for not telling them the truth or lack of anything when their door had been hit with a bat. I should have told them what happened. I should have confessed to being a terrible brother, but I didn't. And they had to do their biblical responsibility of disciplining us. So I got punished. At the time, I didn't get it. But as I think about the lesson that I had to learn this week, or teach rather, my son, it makes sense. Proverbs 13.24 is a very popular parenting proverb. Whoever spares the rod hates their children, but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them.
I discipline my kids because I love them. I want them to know what is right, what is wrong, and decisions they make that are not great, and how to be the best humans they can be. My parents wanted the same thing. That's why when I didn't tell them what happened, they knew I'd been involved. They knew that, for, that my brother didn't just put a hole in the door, but they also knew I didn't tell the truth. They knew that I withheld the truth from them and that I needed consequences for that so that I would remember that lesson and I would use that lesson. And now we're talking almost 30 years later, I still, probably a little bit less, but about that time later, I still remember that incident and that lesson. So they didn't spare the rod. There were times when I'd make choices and I would get spanked. They didn't spare the rod. There were times that I had to go to my room to time out. They didn't spare the rod. And it molded me into who I was today, who I am today. Modern parenting misses this a lot. It misses accountability for kids. There's so much of kids will be kids and buddy parenting that we miss the, that we need to discipline our children. That it's not because we want to be mean. There are terrible people who beat their children. I'm not talking about that. There are terrible people who just do terrible things to their kids. And that is not what we are talking about here. That's everybody always thinks of the extremes. We are talking about holding our children accountable for mistakes they make. Just like we should be held accountable for mistakes we make. If my son makes a mistake, I hold him accountable. There are consequences. There's a discussion. And it always involves biblical surrounding. My daughter makes a mistake. Same thing happens. We talk about what happened. We see that there are consequences. That it's not, oh, cool. We know what happened. whoop de doo There's nothing to lock that in. It's not the do better next time. Obviously, there's some things that could be like that, that are like that. But they need something to help them remember whatever that discipline is. You need to learn your kids to know what their best discipline is. For me, spanking worked magnificent. I learned my lessons. My brother didn't care. He was that classic movie kid that would look up at you and be like, Psh, that's fine, just keep on, I'm fine. So they had to think of different ways to discipline him. Now, I'm not an advocate for any specific disciplines about knowing your children, also knowing what's wise and safe for your family. For my kids, it involves losing electronics currently. That's probably the most popular one in the country at the moment because of all the electronics. Losing things that we're going to do. Early bedtime. But the key thing within all that discipline is that I make sure that I don't discipline them immediately. If you discipline them when you're in anger or you're mad, you'll do something ridiculous. You might over-discipline. Never spank a child when you're angry. Ever, 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 ever. You, when, I, when I'm angry and I give my kids a punishment, it ends up being something ridiculous. Like, you're never gonna, you are grounded until the third Sunday of the fourth Saturday and you can never pick up a tablet until you have three toenails missing. Something ridiculous. Not that exactly, but it's, it's ludicrous and impossible. You need to get composure. I have to get composure, step back before I can say, hey, this is what the consequences are going to be. But I want you to understand the consequences. I want you to understand I love you. And now that I am older, I want you to understand that this does hurt me more than it hurts you. I want to be around you. I want to spend time with you. And if I put you in time out, you're gone. You're not around. So 
all of this came to, to roost recently uh, with my son. One morning I needed to change, I was changing the sheets on his bed and discovered in his bed Pop-Tart crumbs, Pop-Tart wrappers, water bottles, any weird food thing that you would never think to find in somebody's bed. And this goes farther back when we said because of the mess and trash in their rooms, our kids could not have food in their rooms. So he had snuck food into his rooms. He had deceived us by sneaking it into the top of the bunk bed so no one would see. But it was found. We had a conversation about the filth and how this was gross and how we have literally, I bought him a nice trash can to throw everything in. And I said there would be consequences. Consequences are you will not have any electronics, tablet, video games, TV until your room is picked up and all the disgusting trash is picked up and you do another something. I said, I will think of it when I'm not so frustrated with you. Came down to I decided that was going to be cleaning the mud room, which is pretty disgusting because it's the cat room and their shoes are there and it's a litter box and ugh, pretty gross. So that was good. That was what we decided on first consequence. So fast forward a day, it's later at night. I'm sitting around watching TV and I hear someone come out of his, their room into the mud room and he went to get a drink, came back into his room. So I went to check on him to see what's going on, making sure he wasn't sleepwalking or something. And he sort of rolls around on the with his blanket. He's sleeping on the floor because he likes that. And like, oh, I can't sleep. It's so tough. And I see a light under the blanket. He had snuck his tablet into there. And he was trying to lie to me and deceive me by telling me he couldn't sleep and cover up the tablet. I said, give me the tablet. I took it, looked at him and said, I'm disappointed. He said, we will take care of this later. My wife is asleep, so I called her up in the morning and said, hey, he's without tablet for a good while. We'll figure out the consequences. But I told him that before he went to sleep that we're not seeing this for a while. And I put the tablet on top of a uh, toy box in my in the man cave. And so he was without tablet. The next morning, he calls us down to the bathroom because the toilet was overflowing. What a great Saturday morning. So I go down to plunge the toilet. We're fixing the toilet. My wife's going to get some Clorox wipes out from under the sink. And for some weird reason, his tablet is under the sink. He goes, how did that get there? Why is that there? And I look at him. I say, uh-uh-uh-uh. How did it get there? I put it right here on the toy box, which was about 10 feet from where he was standing by the by the sink. He's like, I don't know. It just... it." I don't know how it got there. I don't know who put it there. Someone must have put it there. I said, try again and said, I expect to hear the honest truth. Eventually we got it out of him. I said, sit out here in the on the carpet while I'm cleaning the toilet. Both of those incidents were hard. I talk with my kids. We talk about idols and how their tablets and video games and TV end up being some of their idols in their lives. And the tablet this week served as his idol. On Friday night, when he tried to deceive and sneak that by me and lie to me, I don't know why. It hit me really hard. My heart was aching. I understood this would hurt me more than it will hurt you. I put sent him to bed, and then I had to sit downstairs, and I watched a lesson from my Christian counseling lesson. I was broken. I was hurt. The next morning, I was angry. I was very angry. That was a lying. And lying, lying there is, to me, there is nothing worse, Not nothing more terrible than lying. There are other things we break, we say, we do, we can talk through, but lying is a matter of the heart. And we had him sit down to talk about what we were going to do. We were 
thinking of the consequences, what we were go- how we were going to do it. And my wife sat and talked with him like, hey, what happened? And he ended up starting to blame me for him lying. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I was still pretty ticked. And my wife's like, stop, stop. And she talked to him. And like she is in her sage wisdom, talked talked him through this. And we had some conversations here. Consequences were laid down. There was a lot of bathroom cleaning and cat litter box cleaning and other just he's been put to work and we're keeping him going and there's still no tablet none of that those were his not sparing the rod disciplining our child but lying i go to the point two of today lying is the hardest thing for me lying hurts me lying causes me to ache and there's so much lying lying is straight from satan lying as i said is a matter of the heart when i talked to grace about lying i said when you lie, it just blackens your heart. When one lie gives you a speck of black, lots of lying gives you a black heart. And it just makes me sad to know that that's what you were looking at. Three scriptures really get to me as I think about lying. Proverbs twelve twenty two: the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Mic drop, God. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Psalm 34, 13. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. David's got it right. Evil. Lies. Just don't let it come out of your mouth. Colossians 3, chapter 9 through 10. How about Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 through 10. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on a new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator if you're lying and you have accepted christ you are christ you are lying as christ that's not what god is god is perfect god is not a liar so we are setting an example for the world of christ of god and they see that we need to make sure we are honest Lying speaks of the heart. And we are in a world of lies. We're in a world where lying is acceptable. Lying, People will validate lying that it will help something. People will use lying to get ahead. People will use lying to get their way. And our kids are watching. My kids see me if I make a mistake. Lying is something that's actually tough for me to do because I'm a terrible liar. And that's a gift from God. I am a terrible, terrible liar. You can see it on my face when I am telling a lie. And that's a blessing. It's a blessing. Does that mean I don't lie? No. I'm human. I make a mistake. Another blessing God gives me is that my heart aches so bad when I don't tell the truth. It hurts that I have to... Make sure I don't dig that hole deeper and get out of there and apologize and fix whatever mistake I made. I remember an instance when I was a kid in middle school, all the boys were joking around, being funny in the bathroom. We ended up jumping on each other, tackling down. Some kid hit his head on the floor and we're sitting in the principal's office and the principal, they tell him the story. And I I had said something to, to get the whole thing, really get us going. And he's like, did you do that? I said, no. And you saw all the other kids look at me like, Dude, you are the worst, most terrible liar on earth. And I stood my ground as a liar. I remember that 21 years ago. 31 years ago. Wow, life goes fast. That was a matter of my heart at that time. 
I wish I could go back in time. I wish I could tell every single one of those boys I'm sorry for what I said. I'm saying it right here. But I won't see them. I don't remember who I was there. But it was a reflection of who I was. That's who they saw me as. They knew I was a Christian. That's who they saw me as. That's who they saw God as because of what I did. As an adult, I try to be more cognizant. If I make a mistake, I tell my kids. I set that example for them. That's what we should do. Say, hey, I'm a human just like you. We're going to mess up. And I always tell my kids when they mess up, I say, is it okay to mess up? Yes. Are there going to be consequences? Of course. That's how it works. That's how we understand. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. But no, I love you. No, God loves you. No, everything we do for you will be biblically based. Shortly after he lied about the tablet, we had a chance to either lie to him or set an example. He was supposed to go away this weekend for his best friend's birthday party to go to an amusement park. And his best friend was unable to go. His mom had texted me right after the incident saying, hey, um, he's not feel, he's not feeling well this week. We're taking him to urgent care to make sure everything's okay and make sure he doesn't have COVID or anything. And I could have told my son that, yeah, he's not going to, he's not going to the amusement park this weekend because of his lying and just let it there. But instead, I took him upstairs and my wife and I sat down. And I said, you know, I had a choice. I could tell you that I could tell you that you're not going to go to the amusement park because you lied to me. But that would be a terrible example. So honestly, your friend's not feeling well. I expect you not to lie to me. You're going to deal with these consequences. But you are going to next week. He's going to he's going to the amusement park again. So let's get ourselves in order. I said I'm telling you this because I want to set the example. So set the example for your kids. Discipline your kids. Tell the truth for, to, and with your kids. Show them God in this world. If you do all of that, you're showing them love. And there is not a greater thing we can show our kids. That's what they need. They need honest love. They need Jesus more than anything in this world. And they need adults that will show that. And that's who we are whether it's directly to our own kids or indirectly to other kids we come across in this world. Let us pray. Dear God, thank you for your word that shows us the way to live our life. Thank you for the gift of Jesus that he sacrificed for us so that every time we lie, we're forgiven. Help us to be cognizant of our tongues. Help us to be cognizant of our actions. Help us to set that example for our kids. Help us to also be humble and to, if we make a mistake, have that conversation with our kids. Give us the strength, even though it hurts, and we want to be buddy with our kids to discipline them because we know that is what is best for them as adults. Give us the strength to follow through. Give us the strength to not do it in anger. And help us to use the example you set as the greatest father ever. Bless us this week and help us to go out and love on our kids. To love them by disciplining. To love them by not lying and showing honesty. To love them by supporting them. To love them by caring for them. And just to love them wholly. Completely. Just as you loved us first. Help us to go out and be that light on the hill in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope you all have a wonderful week. If I leave you with nothing more, it's to remember that everything we do helps mold our children into their future selves. To not discipline them is a disservice to them. To set a terrible example of lying to them is a disservice to them. To love on them, to discipline them, to set an example of honesty on them is true love.
Have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.